So on today's expose, we're talking about Cerebro, bra, bra, bra. <laughs> so yes, this is not an X-Men, but it is a thing. It is a device uh, <laughs> that is used by mutants, by telepathic mutants specifically. And this is used to detect mutants or humans or whatever peoples. They can detect all the stuffs. They can see things by using their brain waves, amplifying the brain waves of the telepathic. So little. And uh, it first appeared in X-Men number seven in September 1964, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, the OG peoples. Um, yeah, and it's it's in the X-Mansion. Uh, it was created by Professor X and Magneto together. Um, and then I think Beast modified it, made some, you know, tinkerings with it. So, yeah. Hack there you go. <laughs> Cerebro. <laughs> and Cerebro's been a constant in X-Men. Every single X-Men um, media has had Cerebro in some way or another. And it's usually pretty much like pretty constant the way it looks the way it acts who can use it i go i wanna go gene scott gene Welcome to Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. Oh my gosh! We're covering X-Men! We're covering the first movie! We're covering X-Men! The first movie, 2000! This is where it all started. (laughs) So, I remember when I first heard the shows coming out, I was so excited about who's going to play them. How are they going to look in their outfits in live action? Like this movie definitely didn't come out the way I imagined it would. Do you remember your first reactions when you heard about this movie? Well, I didn't see it in theaters, so I didn't see it right when it came out. Um, I saw it on VHS for the first time. I remember the VHS in its little silver rectangle. With the X and then the little door, and they're like peeking through the door. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I'm VHS, and then I got the DVD, and the DVD was kind of similar. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, is like I knew X Men from the 90s show, but it wasn't until this movie where I really fully understood it. <laughs> um, okay. Because, you know, like the show started when I was five. Um, so I felt like I was just a little young to, to like fully grasp what X-Men was. So I kind of knew the characters. I knew the colors. Um, and it, it wasn't until like, I was like s- seven or eight where I really started to like register with it. And I, even then I watched it, I liked it, but I didn't really understand it. This movie gave me context for that past show. I was like, I remember this. Oh, that's what this was all about. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, it was almost a, kind of an awakening for me 
to really understand X-Men. That makes sense. And one thing that really made sense to me, um, I know I go back to this a lot, but it was a big moment for me because I had always loved the cartoon. I think it's like the best cartoon ever. But until 2022, I never really cared about or knew about like the behind the scenes, like who the showrunners were, who the director was, any of that. Until I saw the Luwald speak on it. And that's when I really got into, you know, I knew about Larry Houston. Um, that's when I first le- learned about the Luwalds, when I saw them at WonderCon at the panel. Um, one thing that they said that was really interesting is, you know where Brian Singer got most of his inspiration for the movies? <laughs> from the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, from right? the cartoon. They would yeah. go to the Luwalds or people on the cartoon and be like, hey, how should we do this? So they took yeah. the short road and just watched the cartoon. <laughs> absolutely. And that's pretty evident. Um, but they, 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 they like took what they wanted and they completely changed things, but <laughs> yeah, that's why, like we talked about it on one of our earlier episodes, the whole Wolverine and Jean thing wasn't pushed that much in the comics until the cartoon did it. And then that's why it's pushed in the movie because the cartoon did it. So the cartoon really made this whole Jean Scott love triangle <laughs> that we're so Absolutely. obsessed with today. <laughs> um, I also, because I think a lot of fans, too, were expecting the really bright costumes, the colorful things, the the quintessential X-Men look. But it's also coming off of the Blade and the Matrix. So they wanted to have it, I think, more subdued, more realistic. And I think that's why they went with this kind of black leather. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, that, that makes sense. I just wish... The only my only complaint then, my only complaint now about the suits is I wish they had something to like identify them. It doesn't have to be bright yellow, it doesn't have to be bright blue, it doesn't no. have to be spandex, but I just didn't like that they're all just black leather. That's it. Kind of like I wish there was something to show, like, hey, this is Wolverine's suit. <laughs> this right. is Cyclops' and, suit. <laughs> well, there is little things if you look hard. But it's very much like, I th- but I thought I thought it wasn't until like X Men Two where they did that because X Men Two had the Wolverine like weird like slashes on a Wolverine suit, and Cyclops had a blue um, layer on, on like like a blue I don't know what's word embroidery kind of embroidery but like level so it was like hmm. across the X it was blue and Wolverine's was yellow and so it was like a little bit of color difference there, but yeah, yeah. Well, from the pictures, I like the way Deadpool 3 is doing it so far. Because they made them still like yeah. bright, but not spandex. Like, they look so right. cool. Our Wolverine looks yeah. so cool. We've only seen one so far. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm anticipation-y. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to go on this journey with you. We're continuing our journey. Yeah. So... To start off, for previously on, so for Generation X, we asked who was a bigger crime to not show in the movie? Chamber, Sink, or Husk? So Husk came in at a sad 21%. Uh, Pretty close, though, for the winner. Um, Chamber came in at 38% and Sink at a whopping 41%. Um, so I guess the fans agreed with us on our pick on Sync because, like, there's no reason to not show him. His powers would have been so easy to show. They just didn't want two people of color. I think that's what it was. Perfect sense. 
Well, yeah, because yeah. they, they would have been the, the girl, and then it would have been Skin, right? And then the oh, support... I guess you're right. I was thinking of Mondo. Yeah, Mondo. Oh, yeah. So they've, they've, they've like, three already in there. So it's, we can't have the, the entire team minorities. Yeah, we can't do that. Who... How will the white people of America want to watch this if there's no white people in it? <laughs> I hate the media. <laughs> All right, so X-Men 2000, the OG movie. This aired July 14th, 2000. I guess I should say it was released July 14th, released. 2000. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, we had... What a cast. Uh, we had Patrick Stewart as Professor X, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Ian McKellen as Magneto, Famke Jansen as Jean Grey, James Marsden as Cyclops, Holly Berry as Storm, Anna Paquin as Rogue, Tyler Maine as Sabretooth, oh, Ray Park as Toad, and <laughs> Rebecca Romijan as Mystique. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, and like, beautiful. is it Jansen or Jansen for Famke? I don't know. I've always said Jansen, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong because it is such a unique name. Because I think of like Mila Jovovich, it has a J in it, and people always say Jovovich. And I remember this because I listened to the Resident Evil movie commentary, and she's like, it's Jovovich. She kept saying it. She kept correcting people. <laughs> it's Jovovich <laughs> because even her castmates kept saying it wrong. <laughs> really? So, yeah. So I keep, that's why I think, like, is it Jansen? Maybe it's Jansen. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to try to find like a uh, uh, official interview with her in it. Yeah, yeah. Did you know <laughs> that Michael Jackson was trying to play Professor Xavier? <laughs> Ew, really? <laughs> <laughs> he was fighting. He's like, make me Professor Xavier, and people were like, you. And then the director and everyone's like, you do know he's like uh, old white guy, right? She's like, I can use, I can wear makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and they never took him seriously but he was super like diligently like fighting to get the role I'm like uh no and then um they're also considering the guy from the misfits the band the misfits to play wolverine what's his name oh jerry the only i don't know i think it was something else somebody other guy. Nate, well it depends um, David. on the original lead singer was danzig i could see him playing that's the too. one that's the one. Okay. They he was gonna play him, but they won and but he didn't audition because he's like no. But <laughs> I'm like what? And it was him. Who else was gonna be it? Uh, Robert um, De Niro. I remember that one. Robert De Niro. And who's the guy? Was it Russell Crowe? Oh really? I think it was Russell Crowe, and because he's the one that gave them Hugh Jackman's name, because he's like I have a friend that might be good for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, I was doing a deep dive of like different videos about X Men movie before we got to this. I'm like, what? Crazy. See, <laughs> and I they... think it's funny, like going back and watching this one because Hugh Jackman is like, he's still strong and buff. He's like a reasonable amount, but like when we see him in later movies, he's ridiculously muscly. He just keeps yeah. getting bigger and bigger. I know. Even you look, when he's you look in the, the first 70s. one, I'm like, oh, baby, <laughs> baby Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was, cause he had, he actually had to work out just to, to get ready for this movie. He was, he was not in shape before that. Um, so it was just, and then he just kind of continued it, I guess, afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Well, this is something I've always thought is so random. So 
I went ahead and included the screenwriter and the story writers. So in case anybody doesn't know, because I, I actually researched this last night. So the story is written by someone, and then the screenwriter kind of adapts it for the screen. So I included everybody in here. So the story's by Tom DeSanto and Brian Singer. The screenwriter, I've always found this so random. The screenwriter is David Hayter. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of David Hayter? Just for this movie, no, yeah. Actor turned writer. Yeah, he's also an actor, a big voice actor. He actually voices Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> OMG! <laughs> I can hear the exclamation point right now. Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> and I mean, he's done voices in like Street Fighter, Star Wars, like you name a big like fandom and he's been a part of the voice acting. But yeah, that's how I know him the most. Cause I used to play metal gear solid, like all the time, especially metal gear solid two. That was the shit. That was my game. And I would always see the name David hater. So when I saw X-Men came out, I was like, what? <laughs> oh, there it is. Glenn Danzig and Russell Crowe, right? In my book talks about them. Oh, nice. How funny is that? You see everybody? He's not lying. You see? (laughs) (laughs) And they have a picture of the Misfits. Yeah. Hmm. I love the Misfits. I really do. (laughs) Um, And it was directed, of course, by Brian Singer, which, by today's standards, he is incredibly problematic. We're probably not going to talk too much on him or his doings. We're just going through what the movies are. (laughs) What? This is a common theme in all of our favorite media. There's always some someone behind it who's not so nice. What is up with that? That's true. He is the Saban and uh, what's his name of the X Men movies. <laughs> Why does Saban? There's Brad Kern, Josh Kern, Whedon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. J.K. Rowling. Like, yeah. That's so why. That's why I love the Luol so much now because. I follow them on Instagram and they mm-hmm. hate Trump and they embrace their LGBTQ fandom. So I'm like, finally we can have someone who loves us for who we are and who understands us <laughs> and sticks up for us. Like I don't have to hate them. <laughs> and you know, the Luas follow our podcast page. So, Ooh, Ooh I'm all tickly. You <laughs> <laughs> need, need to talk to them. We do. <laughs> Shall you get us started on scene one? Oh my god, okay. <laughs> scene one. Ooh, ooh. Start with a bang, okay. Displaced Jewish families trudge through the mud at a concentration camp. We focus on one such family, two parents with their son. As families are split up, young Eric Lencha, or Max, or whatever he's calling himself, <laughs> gets taken from his parents. As his mom screams for him, Eric reaches out to her. His mutant power activates, and he destroys the metal fence before being knocked out. (gasps) I get chills with you just describing it. This is such an amazing start to a movie. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, one way to get you to understand Magneto later on, but also, like, you know, we get a little display of powers. We get, you know, how... Families are broken. Like, Magneto lived through Hitler, so of course he's going to have some trauma. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I remember 
I, I feel like when I first saw this in theaters, I was even like, am I in the right movie? Like, <laughs> how is this extra yeah. right now? And then you kind of realize like, oh, it's little boy Magneto, especially when he magnetically like destroys the gate. But yeah, this was very impactful. This was a huge start. It does show for the movie too. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like killing Morph in the beginning of the X-Men cartoon. Like, hey, we're going to throw some serious shit at you here. This isn't just a fun yeah. movie. <laughs> I also have to point out, like, oh, my God, the, like, superhero <laughs> movies of the 90s and early 2000s with their dramatic openings with all, like, the CGI. And you have, like, Danny Elfman music usually as you, like, go through all these shapes <laughs> and it was all dramatic. We don't get that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so fun. And like Brian Singer, he's like, I don't know how to do CGI. I don't know anything about computers. This is still like a new thing. And he actually was, he visited, I think he visited Titanic set. And he visited, what was the other one? Something other CG movie kind of like thing to get tips. (laughs) For future white lighters? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool that he did that, but. It makes me wonder if he was searching those sets for something. No, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but the score here too, the music is super like iconic and it's super like throughout the whole movie. It's really great. It's a great score. Yeah, yeah. I definitely pointed out the music in one scene. I can't remember what, but I wrote it in my notes. So we'll see it when we get there. <laughs> well, I think like the mystique, whatever the you know, the mystique plays. It's like has heard those. It's like sleazy kind of, mm, you know? Yeah. I forget what it's called. Sleazy kind of, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And this is the only movie I think they have that has that movie of when she comes on. And it's super good. It's super cool. Every time you see her slinking by, like, oh, there's that song. <laughs> yeah. I read that she hated being Mystique because she was, like, throwing oh up Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was hell for her. Yeah. All the hours in prosthetics and getting to set up and she didn't really get to see the cast and she was cold and naked half the time like she had an awful you know time doing it but it's super yeah. iconic so i do have fun stuff to say about it but i have to save it for the other movies because it has to do with snow <laughs> okay we'll get there we'll get there yeah. all right scene two Fast forward to meridian mississippi the not too distant future i'd say that's a pretty like Distant. distant in the future. We <laughs> like, <laughs> go from, what, 1940 to 2000? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teenager Anna Marie. Well, they just called her Marie in the movie. I called her Anna Marie because uh, this was around the time her real name came out, and her real name was Anna Marie in the comics. Yeah. Has kissed her boyfriend and unknowingly dreamed him of his life essence. Uh, too bad he was not a mutant, because then he probably would have been okay. <laughs> for... She would have still knocked him out for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. But this, too, this is kind of a heavy start. Like, I liked that they used Rogue for this, because it really shows, like, it's not all fun and games, too. This is another... Like, we go from crazy concentration camp... So, like, this mutant, scared of just being herself, scared to live, frightened out of her mind. Like, it's it's a 
crazy start to the movie. Like you really got us yeah. on our toes right away. <laughs> um, and I think it's really smart because we don't see the school till like, you know, a third in. Uh, we get to see these people live their life first and how, see how they intertwine. Um, really, it's just really great the way that it unravels. Very true. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jean Grey is giving a lecture to a room of politicians on whether mutants are dangerous or not. Her biggest critic is Senator Kelly. As she defends her stance against mutant registration, Kelly is given a file on dangerous mutants. Professor X watches the spectacle from above. Xavier notices Eric, and they have a talk outside the building. Magneto wants to live separately from humans while Xavier wants to coexist. They agree to disagree and bounce. Why do you ask questions for which you already know the answers? <laughs> so a couple things here. Like, we get Robert Kelly right away. So this is definitely, I think, inspired from the cartoon since he was in it so much. He was also in the comics a little bit more in the 90s. Robert Kelly's really not a thing in the comics anymore. But um, he does actually say a girl who can walk through walls in Illinois. So I think he's talking about Shadowcast. So I counted it as a cameo. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. Well, I thought about that too. But I'm like, but isn't she at the X-Mansion already? <laughs> Unless they go and grab her right away. Yeah, we don't know when she got there, so... It could yeah. have broke the news and then went and got her. That's what I was thinking. Like, oh, now she's revealed. People are like, wait, I know that girl. <laughs> and so yeah. they just go get her because of that whole thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another part that's funny because we go from Mississippi to the next scene. We're in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Rogue um, has gotten from Mississippi to Canada. <laughs> well, I got to say to you too, like Kelly's arguments here are very real fears of the masses. And yeah. they're actually are they're valid because mutants can be dangerous. Um, it's still not an excuse to generalize into bigotry, of course, but um, it's political in a way that gives legitimate weight to both sides, which I think is very smart. It is. And it's you're right. It is something that we see, especially if I think back to the Black Lives Matter movement like the only media we were being shown was showing black people in a bad light. So if that's all you're going to make of the black community, then that's what people are going to leave thinking. But especially now with like social media, we saw that, Hey, that's not the whole story. (laughs) Like a lot of people who were looting stores were not even doing it as part of the movement. They were just doing it because they wanted a free TV. So you're Right. right. It is, still very prevalent of certain groups being demonized and um, not for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Later that night in Northern Alberta, Canada, we meet Mm -hmm. back up with Ragu. Oh, Rogue. She's hitchhiked (laughs) all this way. (laughs) She sees Logan fighting in a cage match and instantly wants to be his friend. Later, later that night, which by the way, I feel like time moves very funny in this movie. I'm going to point out a few <laughs> things for you that are kind of funny. <laughs> later, later that night, Rogue sees Logan get attacked, but he easily dispatches his attackers by popping his claws. I thought it was really funny because when I was writing that, the O went twice. I was like, no, no, not pooping his claws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the way it Logan- came out kind of was like that. It was like... Uh, the, the CGI <laughs> Ooh, slowly reveal that middle one. Mm. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Logan takes off in his adorable little RV thingy. Rogue has snuck into his trailer. Logan tries to get rid of her, but feels bad. So this was another part. So they're in the bar. He gets in a fight. It's still nighttime. But when he goes to his little trailer, like, it's, it's daytime. Morning, so it's like, yeah, were they in there that long? Like, did he go take what? a massive, like, shit in between the fight and going to his trailer? <laughs> Maybe it was, like, 3 a.m. and then the sun started to come out. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of time passed between him being yeah. kicked out of the bar and going to his vehicle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the two newfound friends hit a tree. It's a trap! They are attacked by Sabretooth, who doesn't talk. Wolverine and Rogue are saved by Cyclops and Storm with the bad hair. <laughs> Storm with the bad hair. <laughs> um, I have a few things to say. Because this, this scene covered a lot of moments here. <laughs> it did. Um, this is the only movie I think we get the Wolverine metal punches. It's like he punches oh, and you yeah, can hear them. Dink! Dink! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um and I really do love this rescue scene with cuz you see Storm uses her snow, we see Cyclops uses blast. Um like we meet the characters and we see their powers demonstrated in realistic practical ways. It doesn't have to be over the top crazy battle. This is like a first it's a small scale, but it's like we understand what they who they are, what they can do, and I think it's a really great introduction. Yeah, I think they did it in a natural way with, like, Wolverine standing up and we see his healing factor and mm-hmm. Rogue kind of gets that, oh, shit, what is going on? <laughs> and then, right, we get to see, like, Cyclops. I think the best use of his power here is that he can cut her seatbelt with it. So we get to see, mm-hmm. like, his hey, fine see, control. I love how he, like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to lower my my visor, make it very thin. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah, the, my only complaint here is Sabretooth, A, not talking, but B, I feel like, I feel like, I know the movie has to move itself along, it's an hour 44 minute movie, but I feel like he wouldn't just run away, like, oh shit, Cyclops and Storm are here, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he, like, I love the Sabretooth in this, for his look, I think he looks the part perfectly, um, not like later movies where we're like, what who is this but but uh, <laughs> um but he does seem a little dumb like not, like just like more of like a pet he seems he feels like a pet cat versus like a person with a grudge <laughs> i'm gonna admit something i don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not but i know i admit weird things i think tyler mayna sabertooth is kind of hot <laughs> No, let me tell you this. I think <laughs> practically everybody in this movie is hot. Yeah. I watch this like you're all super sexy. Like 13-year-old me would not care about Patrick Stewart, but Patrick Stewart in this movie, I'm like, dude, he can get it. I'm like, me right now, I'm like, let's go, Patrick Stewart. Like <laughs> uh, I don't feel I love... weird about liking Tyler Maine anymore. <laughs> no, no, he, Patrick Stewart is super hot in this. He's like young, he's still got that youthful glow to him. Um and we got you know, Halle Berry looks great. Famke looks great. Logan, Cyclops, all of them. Ah, not that even Toad is he? Even Toad can get it. I Fucking, know. you put Ray Park as Toad. Yeah, he's gonna be sexy as fuck. If if anybody doesn't know, Ray Park is very famous for playing Darth Maul and the Headless Horseman. 
So this was like the first movie that he really got to play a role where he gets to show his own face, even though it's still kind of covered in makeup. But <laughs> it's the first time that we heard, hear his voice, too, because they dubbed over his lines for Darth Maul. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. See? Yeah. So yeah, everybody's super sexy in this movie. Most people. Yeah. That's Energy Kelly. But <laughs> <laughs> Not even when he's naked? No. No, no, I'm sorry, Senator Kelly. Oh, <laughs> but pretty much everybody else, yes. <laughs> one thing, um, I forget who said it, but in one of the interviews, somebody said when they weren't filming, they could never find Ian McKellen because he would find like the gay clubs and he would go get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was okay. That's okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I run into Ian McKellen in a gay club, like, I'm not the most attracted to you, but yeah, you can put it in me. <laughs> like, you're Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Night me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At Nito's headquarters, we meet Toad. He's spry. Oh, spray. He's spray painting. <laughs> like, I'm spry. Ooh. Which he has that too. <laughs> uh, he's spray painting something because he's an artiste Sabretooth reports back to Magneto that his prey got away and is with the X-Men now Magneto tells Sabretooth it's time to get ready for the mutant summit coming up yes Ooh, yes. yes Wolverine wakes up in the manor he is being worked on by Jean the most beautiful woman he had ever seen he escapes into the mansion. Xavier does his creepy head thing to lure Logan to him. Again, like we talked about this in the cartoon when Rogue was flying and he was like, mm-hmm. mutant, mutant. <laughs> right. You can never just be like, hey, Logan, I'm in the study. <laughs> he did the same thing to what? Kitty Pride and Pride of the X-Men, didn't he? Oh, yeah, like- he did. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Xavier. Oh. Um. Xavier does his creepy head thing to lure, lure Logan to him. Logan finds his way into a room where Xavier is mentoring children. Logan is officially introduced to the X-Men. Xavier promises Logan help in unlocking his past. He reveals, reveals to Logan that everyone at the school is a mutant. Logan watches Ragu acclimate with other students. She meets Bobby, and he makes a stupid fucking ice flower for her. <laughs> Xavier asks Logan to give... I have thoughts and feelings. <laughs> Xavier asks Logan to give him 48 hours to figure out why Magneto wants him, and then he will help Wolverine figure out his past. It took yeah. me... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It took me forever to realize that that was an ice flower. It took me years I thought I thought it was I thought it was just putting like an ice chunk on her desk. Like, what is that? <laughs> like, just, like, okay, look what I can do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. For me, I was excited to see Bobby in the movie, and like, I nothing against Sean Ashmore who played him. I thought he did like a fine job with what he was given, but I feel like Bobby is so misrepresented in this movie. Because he's known to be the class clown. Class clown. And for him mm-hmm. to like reach over and make like a flower for her, I'm like, that's so stupid for him. Like he wouldn't do that. He would have made like a boner. Or, like, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, <laughs> just like something goofy, you know, and he would be loud about it. Here, he's very, he's a very shy kind of guy. He's like, oh, yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm Bobby. Ooh. <laughs> um, Bobby, welcome. <laughs> but he does look the part, and he's super cute. Get yeah. an animorph. <laughs> yep. So we do have a cameo here. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. So there were five Several. students when Logan walked in. I clocked four of them. We had Bobby we talked about. We had Pyro, which mm-hmm. I believe is a different actor than we get in the second yes. movie. Um, we had Jubilee, which I think she is the most played by different people X-Men ever at this point. Well, yeah. 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 Because <laughs> isn't in these movies she's played by yeah. two or three different people, I think. And then Her and the Kitty. Voices. Every, every, every yeah. X-Men movie, Kitty's a different actress, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had... I, again, assuming it's Shadowcat because she kind of looks the part and she runs through the door. So, And they call her Kitty. Shadowcat. They call her Kitty. Oh, they do? I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Oh, yeah. Professor Xavier says, you know, we, before she leaves, he says something about, you know, take care of Kitty or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, right. I remember what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So um, one out, other thing I like, one thing I really do like about this movie, I could be wrong. Somebody please correct me if I am. Um, I feel like this is like the first time in X-Men lore that we get to see the school as like a school f- full of like children and people and students, actual students, not just like the core X-Men team. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Cause it definitely, because of the movie, I feel like if I remember correctly, um, Grant Morrison, when they did, um, Grant Morrison's non-binary, but when they did New X-Men, that was a big focus of, like, bringing lots of students into the school. And then, of course, X-Men Evolution, we kind of get that idea, too, which I feel like X-Men Evolution is very much like a spiritual successor to the movies. Absolutely. They came out the same year. Um, yeah. This is this came out in July. X-Men Evolution premiered in November, so only a few months later. Um, wow. And because... I mean, I'm getting to it now. I was going to plan on doing this later. But because this movie is so, like, such a pivotal moment for my X-Men bandwagon, um, I think that's why I fed into Evolution. Because Evolution was the first show I got to see from the beginning where I was, like, grasping it and understanding it. And that's probably why I have such love for it, too. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) interesting yeah because i came off reading the comic straight into like the cartoon so that's why the original Mm -hmm. holds so much weight for me (laughs) right i didn't start reading comics until this movie it was this movie and the spider-man movies i'm like oh i think i should start reading comics so it's interesting (laughs) yeah it's it's very fascinating because even though i watched those shows i watched spider-man i watched x-men as a kid but to me it was more like very casual and very like oh this is just but kids watch. This is fun. I, and I only thought about it in the moment. I didn't really think about it much after the fact. Um, this is a, this movie is the one that made it really, really linger in my brain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People cheer on Kelly at an anti-mutant rally. 
Kelly gets on a helicopter with Henry Gyrig. <gasps> Gasp! I finally get who that is. <laughs> I know. I don't think it ever clicked to me that that's supposed to be Gyrig, and it's stupid because yeah. he says he calls him Henry in this scene, and he says Gyrig later, but it, yeah. I don't think it ever clicked. Yeah, he's been dead for some time, apparently. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kelly t- tells Gyrig he wants to lock away all mutants. If up to me, yes, I'd lock them all away. Just then, Kelly notices they are off course. We hear, (laughs) (laughs) and Gyrick turns into Mystique, and she attacks Kelly, knocking him out with a long, sexy leg. (laughs) People like you are the reason I was afraid to go to school as a child. Um, Oh my gosh, there's so much of this movie. Like, I I watch this movie so many times. So I'm like, I can quote, I was like, I know all these lawyers, I know all these lines. I'm like, I remember this so much. so yeah it was this was a staple for me anyway anyway she knocks him out with the sickly long legs <laughs> kelly is taken back to nito's headquarters where he is experimented on magneto uses a machine to turn kelly into a mutant yes i know i found myself writing scenes before they were happening i was like i'm just gonna <laughs> pause it and just get caught up and then some because <laughs> i did uh, i guess i'll talk about this a little bit now I was going to kind of talk about it later, but I have feelings. Um, I remember when I first saw this, I was a little disappointed because it is so different from like what you'd expect for X-Men. But I remember when I got the VHS, I put it on and literally watched it over and over again. I almost kind of like forced myself to be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like back then... um, I wasn't as attached to comic books as I am now, except for, for X-Men. So I wanted it to be a specific like way. What you know. And yeah. the way they did it, it's not bad that they did it different. It's just, I wasn't used to it at first. I'll just put mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you called out our second cameo, Henry Gyrick. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Another um, hint that they did take a lot from the cartoon. Because I don't think, if I remember right, Gyrick and Kelly didn't work together as much as they did in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back at the manor. Jean gives us a rundown of Logan's adamantium. She tells the room that Logan has no memory of who did this to him or any memory before it happened. Later that night, Jean leads Logan to his room. Logan low-key tries flirting with her, but all roads lead to Scott for both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Um, You're welcome. This scene, though. Oh, okay. First of all, Wolverine is a creep. Such a creep in this movie. He's like, why'd you like reading my mind? Scared of what you might like it? I'm like, get out of here, Wolverine, with your creepiness. And then, um, and then I love the interaction with Scott though. It's so like tantalizing. <laughs> it was like, you can tell me to stay away from my girl, your girl. I was like, if I told you, if I had to say that, she wouldn't be my girl. <laughs> and he's like, oh, stay away from my girl. I'm like, <laughs> what do you think of that? Because I feel like he like shows his underbelly to Wolverine right there. Like he admits, like Gene's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think because. You know, 
he he trusts Jean. He knows they're together, but he knows that she's, you know, a smart, tough cookie. And he's like, yeah, whatever. You're not going to do anything. So I think he tr- maybe he trusts Jean a little too much because Jean does okay. a little bit of flirty, flirty, flirt. But um, I think he's confident. Oh, okay. You just made me think of something. Totally off topic, but on topic. I literally yesterday just read Jean Grey number two. And the premise of this is like Jean died at the Hellfire Gala again. And now she's going back through her life in the, I guess, the White Hot Room or wherever she's at. And she's wondering, like, kind of going through the motion of changing things to see how it would have turned out. And in the second one, (laughs) it was so funny the way she did it. Because in the original comic, like, Wolverine begs her not to go into the cockpit. He's like, I can heal. I can do it instead of you when she turns into the Phoenix. And in the comics, she's like, okay, that's fine with me. You can go in there (laughs) (laughs) and pilot the shuttle. So he like, he's the one who's getting killed and the Phoenix comes to enter him, but like, he's almost dead. And then Phoenix or Jean uses her power to save him. So we kind of see what if Wolverine had become the Phoenix but it was interesting because he has so much rage. He couldn't control it. His first thing was to fly away to kill everybody who was in Weapon X. And yeah. then her and Scott go to kind of talk him down. And Scott, through his love for Jean, attracts the Phoenix into him. But then he do- he wants to destroy it. He tells Jean to kill him. So it goes back into Logan and Logan kills Cyclops and then he kills himself. So Gene's like, oh, I don't need that past. He's <laughs> like, no, I don't like that one. I got no, no lava. That's not a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting that like the writer chose to make it the three of them. It's always mm-hmm. the three of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back at the manor. Gene, oh, I just read this. <laughs> <laughs> so nine? I wanted to, I wanted to ask you this because I okay. kind of noticed this. Um, when Logan meets up with Sabretooth, he doesn't recognize him at all. But when Sabretooth goes back to Magneto's lair, he makes a point to go back and grab Logan's dog tags. Do you think that's a hint that Sabretooth knows who Logan is and still wants revenge? Or do you think it's just he's intrigued by him and keeps his dog tag? I think Sabretooth knows, but because we're here, our Wolverine here has no memories of his past. Yeah. So, so he just forgot that part of it. Um, and he's, he's slowly getting those little flashes back. Um, so I think if he got those memories all the way back, then he'd know who Sabretooth is right away and then have their, their little t- brawl tip stuff. But, Right now, I think Sabretooth knows. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Yeah, because I was wondering why Logan wouldn't remember him. But then, yeah, this part explains it all. And I forgot Mm -hmm. uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't wait to do that movie. (laughs) Oh, God. It's going to be a journey. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That night... Rogue hears Logan tossing and turning. He's having (laughs) nightmares of his Weapon X experience. She goes to check on him and gets, she's like, Logan, hello, you're having a bad dream, hello. And and then he goes, "Ah!" 
he like steps her <laughs> accidentally. Um, accidentally. <laughs> and Rogue is like dying. She's like been oh, it's 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 terrifying actually because it, it goes by so slowly. Like, what the hell is happening? And Logan's like, oh my god, what have I done? Help me, people! And then in a moment of quick thinking, Rogue touches Logan and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, uh, oh, and Bro's healing factor, yes. And then she, her little stabby stabs go, I'm healing back to normal. And then Logan gets like, falls to the floor. He's just like, oh. And then Rogue's like, oh, I'm good. Bye, everybody. <laughs> then, uh, the X Men come in and see what Rogue has done. Rogue flips the fuck out and leaves. <laughs> Xavier creepily comes to Logan's bed and explains what happened. He's like, he's like I know. <laughs> yeah it's all good it's all good so i actually i love that they included this scene because it totally like sets up the rest of the movie everything that happens with rogue leaving with the ending that we Mm -hmm. get like this is such a perfect way to give us that hint everything ties together and we see that you know rogue and wolverine have a very formulative relationship they're very they're very close to each other because they're kind of on this journey together they arrived at the same time they both have trauma they both have you know a shared experience which i like so let me ask you this now then because one of the major complaints about this movie is rogue and the fact Mm -hmm. that she doesn't like fly or have super strength so what are your thoughts on that i mean this is before all that ms marvel stuff so i don't mind that this is kind of like her origin story in a way um I mean, I know it's a little different, but this this version of Rogue would not have that. I don't think it would make sense. I think it would be too much, too fast. Yeah, part of me kind of wishes they didn't use Rogue. Like, maybe if they used mm-hmm. Kitty or Jubilee. Because sure. one thing that's kind of funny with the way the comics work is, as like gruff as they make Wolverine, he has been a mentor to all three of them. Like, when Rogue joins the <laughs> X-Men in 1984... I mean, in actual years, 1984, she was a villain. She she had just left Mystique, so none of the X-Men trust her, and Logan's the one to kind of be like, you know, hey, kid, come work with me. Let me see if you're up to the, you know, the stuff, and the X-Men start to trust her through him, and then, of course, Kitty. There's a whole Wolverine and Kitty Pride comic book series about them going to Japan and, like, fighting Ogun, who's, like, his old mentor, so I, th- I feel like out of them all, he's closest to Kitty. I feel like Jubilee got a very, like, kind of brief time with Logan in that mentor role. But, I mean, it's Jubilee. She didn't need him. <laughs> yeah. I saved your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've made my peace with it. She, it is what it is. But, yeah, I kind of wish we got rogue in some other way because she never really grows past being this rogue in these this. movies. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I don't mind it so much in this movie, but I think in the movies that follow, I feel like she's very one note. She stays very much the same. And that's where I start to get mad uh, because she should be more than what she is. Um, But I never minded it in this first movie. It's funny because best friend Rachel has never liked Anna Paquin. So (laughs) when she found out that Anna Paquin was not only playing Rogue, but also Suki Stackhouse in True Blood, she was like, why do they keep casting her in my favorite woman roles? <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, I know her from Flyway Home with the geese. Oh, yeah. 
I liked her in that. I I don't feel strongly one way or the other about her. I think her acting's fine. I don't think it's bad, but she's never really done anything that's made me be like, oh, Anna Paquin. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think she's uh, fine, but it's, it's very subdued. Like she, she doesn't really have much presence in any of the things she does. I don't think, I mean, I never saw, I never saw Troopless, so I don't know, but, um, she always seems just a little underwhelming, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Kelly sits in his prison on Magneto Island. I know it's Ellis Island, but it's Magneto Island. <laughs> he finds that he be- he can become Mr. Jellyman. He uses his new <laughs> ability to escape just as Sabretooth and Magneto enter his cell. Another really cool moment with Magneto pulling the metal to make the bridge for him and Sabretooth. Yeah, they it's did so Magneto neat. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Magneto finds Kelly hanging out the window. Sabretooth tries to save Kelly, but Kelly stretched Armstrong's and falls into the water. Kelly appears as that weird <laughs> naked man on a beach the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I don't know if I'd, I probably had noticed. I haven't watched this movie in so long. I don't remember what I already knew and what I didn't, but I noticed a cameo on the beach. Did you notice it? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Don't worry about us, Dingo. I'll make sure we can. Cameo. Oh, is this the... Because I know it's... Well, tell me. <laughs> so there's a man at a hot dog stand, and oh, yeah. one of the person at the front of the line buying a hot dog is Stan Lee. <laughs> Stan Lee! He, he Stan makes a cameo Lee. in all the movies. And, and some I... Some I, I no, most of them, but I always forget about this one. This one I always kind of miss because I'm not thinking about it. I'm looking at the naked man. I'm looking at the children going, oh. It's like, we let it go. Just let it go. Oh, like, uh, what, what is it? It's like gelatinous yeah, gloves. Sh- then I see the usually children. his, yeah. yeah, usually his cameos are bigger. Like, usually yeah. the focus is on him. This one didn't. <laughs> no, so I always miss this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I do love, I crack up though, <laughs> after he falls and Sabretooth is like, uh, uh oops. <laughs> Oopsie. He's <laughs> <laughs> so like, great, what now? And then, and then lock you in there. He's like, rah, rah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's such a little bitch in this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which is kind of funny in itself, because in the comics, I don't think Magneto and Sabretooth have ever worked together. So I feel like that's also taken from the cartoon. Sure. All right, 11. Savant, 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. Babe approaches Rogue, Iceman. Well, he's not Iceman. Well, yeah, he is. But Babe <laughs> <laughs> approaches Rogue and tells her what she did to look did to logan is fucked up and she should leave he's like nobody wants you here you're such a stupid little girl <laughs> and then it, she's like oh no bobby i thought you're my friend and then as after rogue leaves bobby's eyes get all goldeny that's how you know it's an evil mystique <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Mystique! Oh, Rogue leaves. Storm and Wolverine storm into the war room as Xavier is meeting with Cyclops. They ask him where Rogue is. Xavier leads everyone to Cerebro where he can scan for her. With Cerebro's help, he locates her at the train station. He sends Storm and Cyclops after her, but Xavier wants Logan to stay safe at the mana. 
When they go to leave, Cyclops finds his motorcycle is gone. Logan took it, and he's like, speed, speed, speed. (laughs) (laughs) So this is another part. Oh, go ahead. I remember specifically the DVD menus of this DVD. There is that part where they go go to special features, and it has that thing. I remember when you go to scene selection, it has the, um, like the, Cat scan kind of thing. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, I saw all these sound effects I, I, in my brain, like ad nauseum, but it's fine. <laughs> That's funny. This yeah. was another scene. I rewound it just to be sure I wasn't crazy. But when Scott and Storm walk into like that barn area, it's still light out. But when Wolverine is on the motorcycle, it's like middle of the night. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So funny with how time works. Do you think Tempo was in this movie in the background, like fucking with time? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That would explain a lot. (laughs) It's like, do you guys notice anything different? I'm here. Hello. I guess here. Hello. Yeah, fine. (laughs) (laughs) I could be in this movie. Rogue sits on the train staring at people touching each other, like a creeper. Logan (laughs) catches up with her and sits down next to her. Outside the train, Storm and Cyclops arrive at the station. Back at the manor, Mystique infiltrates Cerebro and plants a device in it. Rogue reveals to Logan that she can still feel him, and I call him Cody. I mean, they never call her boyfriend Cody, but that's who it was, so I'm assuming it's Cody. He had blonde hair like Cody. The in, first boy ever kissed ran up in a coma for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she still feels uh, Logan and Cody inside her brain from when she touched them. Wolverine promises to protect Rogue if she stays. In the station, Cyclops and Storm are attacked by Toad and Sabretooth. With the trap sprung, Magneto uses his power to stop the train and take Rogue. He didn't want Logan at all. It was Rogue the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> My dear boy, who said anything about you? <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like they did that twist so well because Wolverine and Rogue are always together when they get attacked. Mm-hmm. So you assume yeah. it's Rogue, but yeah, it's, I mean, you assume it's Wolverine, sorry. Right. But yeah, it's because Rogue like, all along. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and I, it's very smart. And they, cause they, and they really try to, Make you keep thinking of Wolverine because it's like, oh, it's Wolverine's story. Here's Wolverine. And everyone's saying, oh, are you. And so you just kind of follow the flow. And it's like, ha, 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 Yeah. And I think what sells it is uh, the dog tags. Actually, now that I think about it, the fact that mm-hmm. Sabretooth went back for his dog tags, you would think, oh, it's Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. 13. Magneto is stopped as him and his brotherhood leave the station. Magneto easily dispatches the police and their cars. Sabretooth and Toad suddenly turn on Magneto. They're being controlled by Charles. Nito dares Xavier to kill him, but it don't happen. Nito plays chicken with Charles and wins. He gets away with Rogue. Okay, well, I see, I love Cyclops in this movie, too. I'm going back to the train station. I think... I just, every time I see him, I love his look in the visor. I love how the little cute little kid smiles at him and he goes, <laughs> and then she's like, stay away from him, Billy, whatever your name is. And then like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, and, and then like when, uh, oh, and the, I love this train scene. Cause Toad like 
licks the visor away, blasts the roof. Storm's like, ah! And he's like, scream for me, ah! And then, like, lightning. I don't know. I always thought, like, visually, and it's fun and how it all flows together. I had to talk about that. <laughs> I agree. This is such a cool scene. And Cyclops is cool in this movie. Um, I don't hate him as much as I did in the cartoon. Um Toad is strangely funny in this movie. The way he like yeah. wears the visors like glasses and he makes all these jokes like, why just sitting around? <laughs> like, yeah, let funny. me teabag you, Sabretooth. Like, I'm going to open your face <laughs> with my crotch. Uh, <laughs> and the way he eats that bird too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, I think Kelly's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, what's interesting is this movie got so popular and Toad got so popular in it that they came out. I think I've mentioned this before. They came out with, uh, I think, I think it was five parts. It was a comic series called X-Men forever. And they actually have a story in the comics of how Toad went from being all like gross and chug- chunky to being like, Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. it's out. oh. Yeah. <laughs> I made a wish and a star and now I'm, and I'm hot. <laughs> yeah i couldn't i couldn't tell you how it happens maybe i'll try reading those again i have them i bought them all so i could read them <laughs> they were hard to find but they were super cheap only because they weren't very popular <laughs> oh. <laughs> poor shame poor shame back at the manor xavier admits he made a big mistake typical Logan wants to leave to find Rogue. He opens the door to find Senator Blobman Kelly. The X-Team take Kelly to the infirmary to treat him. Xavier goes into Kelly's mind and finds the truth. The machine lets off a radiation field that turns people into mutants. Logan puts together that Nito wants to use Rogue to power his machine. Storm goes to the infirmary to be with Kelly, but he morphs into a puddle of water in front of her and dies. He dies. Okay. It's, it's a like drowning. I hate that. And it's very creepy. But I think Kelly coming to the mansion is so important. Because this is someone who is full of so much anger. And then he turns to the very thing he feared for some solace and understanding. It's like a really a huge unifying moment. And because he does, doesn't he become an ally in the comics in the, in the, show mm-hmm. and stuff um so that's like a huge unified act it could have been really powerful um and i do think his scene with storm is heartbreaking because he says like you know you know why don't maybe why do you still help me and you know maybe you, you find some now you now you've got someone you can trust in me and then he dies <laughs> it's like it's sad it's very sad <laughs> yeah and that's how it is a lot of times like you don't understand the other side until you need the other side mm-hmm. and the other side shows you compassion so it, it does suck like that yeah but yeah in the comics it's actually part of the x-men forever comics too uh senator kelly was assassinated assassin my favorite word (laughs) because um he started showing sympathy to the mutants and it it's never revealed in the comics who did it until x-men forever it turns out it's a time displaced mystique that's why they never found out who did it (laughs) oh geez louise yeah (laughs) um but you mentioned the scene between storm and kelly i have another thing that i'm going to admit to you 
I fucking hate Holly Berry as Storm. I fucking hate her as Storm. <laughs> I think she delivers her lines so meek. I think she delivers her lines so robotic. And I'm like, bitch, you are a goddess. You are this amazing, strong woman. And you are like playing this like some sheepish little bitch. Like wake up and yeah, act. That's true. I mean, like she looks beautiful. I mean, minus her stupid hair. You don't like her hair. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but she does look hot. Um, but yeah, it's just like, where is like winds gather around? You know, none of that. It's um, so and yeah, it is a little disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted somebody like, um, like Jada Pinkett would have made mm-hmm. an amazing storm. Jada Pinkett Smith now, of course, but I remember back in the day wanting her as storm. You know, Angela Bassett was in the running too. Oh, she would have been so fucking amazing. She would have been so good. Yeah. 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 I think she got way- another movie and that's why or something. She had another project she got cast in. That makes sense. The way Halle Berry delivers the line, she's almost like a little teenage girl. Like, oh, I yeah. guess I should hate them. Oh. <laughs> At least I've chosen a side. <laughs> yeah, like, that's another thing. Sometimes she has the accent. Sometimes she doesn't in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Xavier uses Cerebro to find Rogue as Scott and Logan fight. Oh, sexy fighting. Storm reveals that Kelly, Senator Kelly is dead. <laughs> Magneto Cerebro surprise oh <laughs> Magneto Cerebro surprise <laughs> puts Xavier into a coma <laughs> Jean is able to fix Cerebro when no one is looking she is a naughty little girl and puts it on <laughs> let me do this it's like I never tried before but I'm going to now because I can't she's able to find Rogue but oh god oh okay <laughs> Kevin <laughs> For the first time in X-Men history, we have a gene gasm outside of the X-Men 92 show. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is after Mystique's poisons it, right? Yeah, this is after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the scene I was thinking of the music right here and the way like Scott's walking out and he sees Jean and he yells for her and the doors yeah, are closing. He runs down like, the hall. Oh, this scene is so good. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. My heart. My heart. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of like the chemistry between Scott and Jean and how much they care for each other, even though, yeah. We don't even get a whole lot of scenes. We don't with get them, a lot. I think we don't about get a lot, it. but it's very, it's very evident, you know. So yeah, kudos, kudos. All right, Magneto and his brotherhood sneak aboot Ellis Island, putting all the pieces of the plan into play. Rogue asked Mangito, <laughs> Mangito, Kevin. <laughs> I oh, like oh. that, Mangito. <laughs> if he's gonna kill her, and he tells her. Yes. At least he's a straight shooter, Mangito. <laughs> he's like, are you going to kill me? Yes. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I like that too. Like, it's such a quick moment, but I like that he, you can tell Magneto feels sympathy for having to kill her, but like, it's necessary for his plan. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very much Gideon from Charmed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Oh, I just realized that. That's funny. All right. 
back at the manor, Cyclops talks the team through their plan of attack on Ellis Island. With the plan set, the Blackbird heads out to save Rogue. The X-Men do a bunch of shit to stay undetected, but but Magneto Magneto (laughs) notices them right away. Oh yeah, what would you prefer? Yellow spandex? That's that line. I love it. Uh, (laughs) The X-Men land and sneak onto the island. Mystique was the small Statue of Liberty all along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and attacked yeah, I love they, they walk they, and then we see and jumps Toad who joins the fight Storm shows Toad what happens to- <laughs> okay Toad okay okay yeah you want to know what happens to a Toad when struck by lightning the same thing that happens to everything else. This is an iconic moment of like hate. Um, <laughs> but um, oh, look at all these notes. I didn't see all your notes here. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, people hate this line. But I got to tell you, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was super badass. I was like, I'm 13. like, oh my gosh, she told him. <laughs> and then listening to it now, I'm like, no, that's lame. That's stupid. It would have been much more cool if she said like, you know what happens to a toe when struck by lightning? watch you know something like that super simple that would have been like ooh goosebumps but if she just says like that <laughs> yeah and it's just like same thing that happens to everything else okay stupid <laughs> well i think this explains a lot and i don't know if it would have been better or worse or how it would have come out but this line was actually shadow wrote by joss whedon like he helped write oh, some of the lines yeah. in the movie so when I think of like Buffy, if you think of especially Willow, a lot of what she says is very sarcastic. So I think if it was delivered with Better. more oomph, like if she's turning around and she says same thing that happens to everything else, like I don't know, I I feel like you're right. See, you they need the sass. You need the sass. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what that's what we've done it. Yeah, I still think it's too long of a line. It should have been shorter, but you need like that yeah. sass. And I think yeah. Holly Berry just didn't get the line. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the yellow spandex line. I fucking hate that line. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I hate it is like I feel it's making fun of the outfits. I don't know. And the fact that Scott says it, I feel like there's no basis for it. Like, why would he randomly just say that? I know it's supposed to be a nod to the outfits, but why would he say that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe in this X Men world they have superheroes of yore, and they they have a reference point. Like these are these are what normal superheroes we we used to seeing hat wear, but we're not like those superheroes or something like that. Okay. I don't know. In that case, if they had shown somebody else in yellow spandex earlier, I would have been more okay with it. You've made the yeah. line okay in a way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe he knows someone. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do have one complaint right here. I know I feel like half this movie was them like talking about saving Rogue. We have to go save Rogue. And then Professor X gets knocked out. Oh shit, we don't have the professor. We have to go save Rogue. And then the next scene is like, okay, let's let's stand around and talk about how we're gonna save Rogue. And I'm like, <laughs> when did they just go save Rogue? Like Jesus. Right. <laughs> I kind of feel looking back after not seeing this for a long time that Professor X getting knocked out is kind of pointless. Like, I know the idea is that the X-Men are on their own and they have to take care of it themselves, but I don't think it really, like, makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we just need more. We, we need get... more. We need more screen time for everybody else. That's what it is. Yeah, that's true. But he could have just been like, "Here's the plan," and then we could have cut out we'll a lot of that. Off. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. But uh, we do get the middle claw joke, which becomes another staple of these X Men movies. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> Storm comes back to find Logan, but she don't smell right. Logan stabs her. It's Mystique. She was too good of an actress as Rebecca Romaine, and he gave it away. <laughs> You're not part of the group. <laughs> You're not part of the group. The X team regroup and head up to the top of the Statue of Liberty. They are impressed by Magneto. Imprisoned. They are imprisoned by Magneto. I can read things that I wrote. Logan stabs himself in order to get free. He releases the rest of the team. Nito gets mad that the X-Men can't realize his glorious plan. He leaves to go start the show. You have another wonderful interaction here, though, that I love, though. He's like, hey, hey, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, good. Great. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um i noticed in this scene nito is so snarky he's such a little snarky bitch in this movie and i love it get it queen the way, um, <laughs> yeah the way that um scott's like storm um light him up or whatever and he was like oh release lightning in a superconductor i thought you lived at a school right a copper conductor <laughs> yeah <laughs> a copper conductor <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what do you don't you teach science in your school <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> one of my uh, complaints about all x-men movies they don't do it as much in this one but when magneto flies up i feel like the way they fly in these movies is like that's a person on strings <laughs> like especially oh, yeah. in later movies yeah. i don't know how the mcu does it so much better but i don't know i think i think as a one coin to mind, X Men Three with the with the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, comes to mind a lot. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's um, X Men Apocalypse. That's when it's at the height oh. of bad to me with people on strings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh oh. Okay. Next. Logan stabs himself in order to cut his bonds. He surprised stabs Sabretooth and uses Gene and Scott's help to throw him off the Statue of Liberty. Above. Do we do the part where you open your eyes? Is that hit now too? I love that too. And yeah, that's where it was just was. Yeah. I love that because she uses the telekinesis and brings his visor back and then she aims it. Oh, clever. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, above, Magneto touches Rogue and his power involuntarily drains into her. She starts the machine. Magneto is weak and sulks in the corner. Oh, <laughs> the X-Men decided that Logan's healing factor makes him the best candidate to fly up on Storm's winds to help Rogue. He leaps between the real fast spinning bands and is about to break the machine. And Magneto stops him. Oh, you know what I love, too, about when they're fighting on the outside of it and we see him stab uh, the Statue of Liberty and it goes right between Scott yeah. and Jean. I think that's metaphor. Mm. it's like you're gonna Huge be metaphor. in my side Ooh, yes um yeah where are we uh <laughs> leaps into the action uh, <laughs> uh the real fast spinning bands and about to break the machine when magneto stops him rogue's hair turns white her iconic <laughs> what <laughs> scott shoots nito and logan 
freeze rogue stopping the machine <laughs> i do really like the hair turning white thing it's never really explained in the comics but i thought it was a cute way to do it in the movie yeah yeah it kind of sets her up pro- as the rogue that we know <laughs> yeah people are probably wondering like that's not rogue she has no white hair i'm like oh there you go origin story yeah. <laughs> yep <laughs> Wolverine lets Rogue absorb his healing factor, saving her life. Down below, the cops find a cop with three stab marks, just like Mystique's. Hmm. Back at the manor, Xavier wakes up to find Logan in a bed next to him. Later that day, Jean gets a little too excited to touch Logan. (laughs) He's healed! Later, later that day, Xavier shows Wolverine an old facilita by Alkaline Lake that may have something to do with his past. Mm. I put alkaline. Just gonna wait to get my shirt up again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought it's interesting that when Logan loses his healing factor, that all his wounds that he's gotten throughout the whole movie, like, come back out. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But I know, me neither. (laughs) Because if it's healed, it's healed. The head wound, the scratches. Yeah, but I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to make what I'm thinking in my brain come out of my mouth. Like, It'd without be, the healing if, factor. Like, if there was something that, that didn't level. fully heal. Yeah, if something that, like, if that, like, stopped in the middle of a healing and there was a wound then, then I can see how it would come back if it was. But even then, what was healed already should be healed. It should stop at that point. So. I think it goes back to the point it would have been in a natural healing progression yeah. if he didn't have the healing factor. But yeah, right. I don't like it. yeah he should have got hurt by the machine and like as it's healing he gives his power to rogue that would have made more sense right oh well oh well um i also think it's funny because gene mentions that rogue was showing like different wolverine traits after absorbing his power (laughs) i would have loved to see anna paquin walking around being like logan i wish we got to see some of that (laughs) <laughs> I just see her like taking off her shirt and, like oh, oh. it's like it's like tell me about it bub like whatever yeah she's like putting her fists up like she has claws yeah. like come at me bub <laughs> the x-men are watching the news as robert kelly expresses he was wrong about the mutants they pause the feed to see Mystique's little yellow eyes. Ooh. <laughs> In the background, the news talk about Henry Gyrick being mauled by a bear. Ooh, it was Sabretooth. <laughs> Rogue catches Wolverine on his way out. She asks him not to go. He gives her his dog tags as a promise he'll be back. He steals Scott's bike and bounces. <laughs> So it's never said that it's Sabretooth, but I assumed like it yeah. probably was Sabretooth, right? Yeah. Right. It's, it only makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I think I like my hair. I think I'm going to keep it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I it, sugar. <laughs> she never says sugar in these movies. Yeah. She never has an accent. That's, That's not real. Yeah. I mean, she tries, but I, it's not really real. <laughs> I forget who it was. One of the directors. Oh, it was, I think it was, um, Matthew Vaughn when he did uh I think he's the one who did first class. Okay. Um he purposely didn't give them accents because I think he was afraid it was gonna be like kind of racist. Mm. 
So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what side like, is better because you, you're taking yeah. away their heritage, though. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and it's weird because sometimes they're there, and sometimes they're not, or it's very subtle. Because she does have a little twang in here that she tries, but it's not very like pronounced or anything. So it's not cartoonish. It's yeah. just whatever she's doing. <laughs> yeah, and when I think of um, Colossus, the Colossus from the Deadpool movie specifically, he oh, yeah. is very Russian, and it works mm-hmm. great for him. Like that's the character. So right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. In a plastic prison, Xavier and Magneto play plastic chess. Nito mm-hmm. warns Xavier of the future, the fuchsia, where the Mutant Registration Act has been passed. Nito warns that this plastic prison won't hold him forever. Xavier promises to always be there to stop him. What an ending. Mm, yes. <laughs> Do you think Nito ever gets out of the prison? Maybe. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. So before we get into your rankings, what are your thoughts on this movie and watching it again? It felt like coming home. Like I, this movie was such a staple of my youth, such a staple of my X-Men um, career, my X-Men knowledge, my X-Men like love. So I have... So many fond memories and feelings of awe and wonder associated with this movie. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it gave me that spark. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It does take me back. Because I don't watch this one all the time. Because I feel like this one was good for what it was in the day that it came out. Like, as compared to other superhero movies of today, this one's kind of like, eh, you could tell it's from the time period it's in. But it, like, made people look at comic book movies in a new light. Because this one and Spider-Man, like, took themselves seriously mm-hmm. for the first time. It was revolutionary for for the time, you know. And they did a yeah. lot of really good things. So Yeah, and I could see why they did the things that they did. They wanted to make it accessible to everybody. And, I mean, that's fine. I get it. My one complaint, again, about pretty much all the X-Men movies is, and we talked about this before, I hate what they do to the villains. Like, the villains have so much character in the comics. They have so much history, especially, like, Mystique and Rogue. That's such a big story element in every media that them not even, like, touching on it, not giving Sabretooth lines, giving Mystique very little lines. Like, the side villains become just that they're just there to like fill the role in a fight mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like yeah i get that so i think that could be better and we see like when they start taking mystique more seriously later with jennifer lawrence like she got so popular like if they had done mm-hmm. that the whole time they could have had more That's compelling true. stories and villains all right kevin so would you say and i wrote these out for you was is this britishly bitchin like emma pretty cool like Iceman? Australian Wolverine, you kind of love it, but kind of hate it. Fat and sweaty like Jubilee are unspeakable like X-Men Origins Deadpool. (sighs) You know, I love this movie. I think it's very well done. I mean, there are a few missteps, but for the most part, it it does the job. It does what it's set up to do. Um, It does take it seriously, but I think it 
it's paced very well. I think they get a lot of the characters right. And I think um, the storytelling is really nice. And even the, the action scenes are w- lovely to watch. Like I, they're, they're maybe downstated compared to today's standards, but I think they're still really fun and really cool. Um, so I'm going to give this a pretty cool, like Iceman. Um, it's not top <laughs> tier, but it's, it's a very well done movie. And one that I will, will often go back to just because it, it gives me all those good feelings. Nice. I think it's funny because we were just talking about how I tend to rate Charmed higher. You rate (laughs) X-Men higher because of our love for them. Uh I gave this um, Australian Wolverine. You kind of love it, but kind of hate it because I think it's a really good start. I think for, like we said, for its day, it broke ground, but um, I don't know. This isn't a movie I always think about. I want to go back and watch. So I think it's, it's fine. I don't love Mm -hmm. it or hate it. And when I think about like the franchise as a whole, I'm like, this is worlds better than so many of the other movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I mean, I can't really fault it too much. Like there's, yeah, I, I, have, I think it's smart. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it inspired, like we said, new X-Men and uh, X-Men evolution. So even if you don't love this movie, you got to love what it did for the whole on the franchise as a whole. I guess that's my X factor. <laughs> I know we're skipping ahead, but I guess that's my X factor. <laughs> um, who would you say is MXP? Uh, oh, oh, not Storm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> you know what? I'm... This might be weird, but I'm going to give it to Cyclops because this is the movie that made me fall in love with him. I think he's perfectly executed here. Like, he is Boy Scouty, but he he's, has that snarkiness, too. He has that beef with Wolverine. The way he, they use his powers is great. His relationship with Gene is great. His relationship with Xavier is even in there. Um, and I, I, like, I just like him. I like, and even his little cute smile to the boy. That all is all um, encompassing, all very telling. And this movie, this made me fall in love with Cyclops. Like, I didn't... I didn't like get that love, that crazy love from the '90s series when I watched it as a kid. I mean, now I can see it, but this was the one. This one in Evolution, because I love him in Evolution too, gave me that obsession. And so, and okay. I think I, maybe I thought James Marsden was cute. That might have been part of it, or I wanted to be him. I don't know, but um, I'm gonna give it to Cyclops just because this is where I got that. that mm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't appreciate James Marsden yet when I first watched this. <laughs> as much as I do today after seeing all the roles he's been in, like Sonic and especially jury duty, like he is amazing. <laughs> I fucking love James Marston. Well, I is starting with this movie. I really wanted his career. I wanted his life. Cause he, he kept playing all the roles that I wanted to play. Like I love Cyclops. I want to play Cyclops. Uh, you get Prince Edward. I want to be in a Disney movie. I want to be, you get Corny Collins, all these movies, all these roles that I could do. I'm like, Stop. I want your life. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah. And Sex Drive um, is really first, funny, too. They talk about Sex Drive and Jury Duty. I'm like, it's a good movie. He's a douche, but he's gay in that, and so it's funny. <laughs> I like Sex Drive. It was so fun. Yeah. I remember not knowing what to expect, and it totally surpassed any expectations I might have had. Like, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, For a similar reason as you, actually, I chose Wolverine because mm. the fact that they took Wolverine and made him tall and sexy and young and we all were like, yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> they made Wolverine a thing. 
And this is when I first started appreciating Wolverine because you see, like, Hugh Jackman did such a good job of being a loving jerk to people. So <laughs> this is when he was first, like, realized as a person to me because I was coming off of the X-Men 92 where Wolverine's more of a straightforward, just grumpy old man all the time. But in this one, he's got more depth, I feel like. That's true. And Hugh Jackman was kind of unknown, so he really put him on the map. And they do he has he has more warmth in this movie than we've ever seen before. Um, he's very much a father figure, which you know he does execute later on in comics and other things we've seen it. But I think this was the first moment where we got to see that, which is neat. yeah. I mean, it's always been there in the comics. Later, when I read all the comics, mm-hmm. I realized it's always been there. They just for X Men ninety two because it's a kids show. They really made all the characters like the one dimension to yeah. make sure characters kids knew mm-hmm. how to read them because even even in, the, even in the cartoon he was saying warm things and he was very um carried to the people but the way he delivered his lines was all very gruff very so it's almost you have to listen to what he's saying not how he's acting <laughs> so yeah <it>. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i guess yeah my x factor is the fact that we after this we got more of the school we got new x-men we got x-men evolution so this really put x-men on the map made people really pay attention outside of just the cartoon and really like made the characters realize like just look what it did to you <laughs> i mean that's mine too i mean it's exactly what my philosophy of my story was because <laughs> um it made me yeah want to do all of, and di- dive into all of the x-men lore at this point you know so yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like I know who you're going to pick, but for a previously on, which character did they most get <laughs> right? Was it Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, or Jean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wolverine is done right. Jean is okay here. I mean, I think I think Jean, well, yeah, I think Jean's right because she's not the most vibrant person either until later. <laughs> um but I think at this point too, she's she is kind of like I'm the girl. I'm, I'm popular, but I know my place. <laughs> um, they did a good job, I feel, of giving her that uncertainty. Like mm-hmm. she's not sure that she could do Cerebro. She's yeah. not sure she's powerful enough. So they they I think they set her up well for the next movie. Exactly. It's like I have some telepathic abilities. I'm not nearly as advanced as that. But you're not. But you know, you could be. Well, how much of you is locked away? You know your yeah. potential. What what did Xavier do to you? Who hurt yeah. you? <laughs> um, so, but for me, it's gonna be Cyclops. Yeah, because I see all of what Cyclops is and all the things that make me fall in love with him in this movie. <laughs> for me, it's. I know it's gonna sound weird. It's Cyclops because, um, <laughs> like. They basically took his character and made him into a person. Like, they didn't change the way he looks. They didn't change his attitude. He's still, like, that kind of bitchy leader. Like, Mm -hmm. Wolverine, they made taller and sexier and younger. And Gene, they did pretty good. Fuck Storm. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say there. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> cool. So next week we have X2, X-Men United. Oh, Kevin, X2. X2. Oh my gosh, I remember getting the DVD for Christmas. All the different versions, all the different versions of the DVD, full screen, widescreen, who's on the cover? I don't know, but I'm excited. And they don't 
you have to tell me the story about this X-Men United thing because they never use X-Men United in the movie. It is because they use X2 in the credit, in the opening. But they call it an yeah. X-Men United and all of the boxes and stuff. Very confusing. <laughs> Very confusing. It was so nostalgic and so much more fun watching the original X-Men movie than I expected it to be. Oh, good. Yeah. I expected it to be as nostalgic and fun-filling. I mean, because I, I just thought about the movie. I'm like, I'm going to love this journey. I can't wait. So I, it was exactly how I expected it to be. But <laughs> I think some of the later movies put a bad taste in my mouth for the X-Men movies as a whole. But yeah, because yeah. I watched them, I'll remember what good I got from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be interesting as we progress, because some of them I only saw once. So Same. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to... Well, and I shared with you privately, but uh, when I saw X-Men Dark Phoenix in theaters, I fell asleep for a big chunk of it, and (laughs) I've never gone back. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you could tell how much I like that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got a journey ahead. We got a journey ahead through the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Well, along that journey, where can people find you? Yes. Yes, you can follow me at my personal Instagram, KJEEZY87, or you can follow the other podcast that Sean and I are doing. We, doing. we just finished our second season, Words of the Witches, of the comic books, and I am currently working on the Charmed Musical. So just get that in my brains and get all that writing done. <laughs> Yay. And find me on Sean Perrette on Instagram. I don't, I don't think I've ever said on the podcast, but a lot of like the cover drawing has gone to the wayside because I'm in school now. I have school stuff to do. I have to study for school. So I haven't really been writing or drawing so much as just studying and not passing tests. Yay. No. <laughs> no, I you know. Little by little. Yeah. Little by little. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with X2, X-Men United. Yay. (laughs) Yay.